Hello, Two Principles podcast listeners. We are so grateful for all your support and appreciate you checking in with us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love for you to follow, subscribe, and rate review our podcast. You can also follow us on all of our social media accounts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok at Two Principles. Check us out on the web at twoprinciples.com. We're so grateful for our Two Principles podcast partners, HealthWise Behavioral Health and Wellness. As a team of experienced licensed psychologists, clinical therapists, medical professionals, and mind-body practitioners, HealthWise offers a wide range of mental health services for individuals of all ages. HealthWise is grounded in a philosophy that considers the whole person. Greenboy Brand. We want to thank Greenboy Brand for helping us design our two principles artwork and logo. They can help you customize your brand. If you're looking for an artwork designer logo or some cool merch, check them out at greenboybrand.com. Welcome to the Two Principles Podcast, where we help you get out of your head and into your heart. The Two Principles Podcast, life and leadership talk inside and out. A better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. What's up? It's Marcus Beelan. I'm here hanging with the Two Principles. What's up? Are you on the Are you on the road right now? I am on the road. I'm actually sitting in a hotel <laughs> conference room. It's hot as I don't know what in here because uh, I'm in San Antonio. I'm in San Antonio, oh, Texas. Okay, what are you uh, presenting there now? Or no, I I left the um, uh, NASSP Ignite conference that was in Denver. Yep. Uh, flew down here, my wife's family reunion. Got to do the family oh. thing, man. So I finished the conference, hopped on the plane, and met them down here. And so we're actually headed back to Chicago as soon as I hop off this podcast, oh. and then we're back on the road with a bunch of friends to go to Missouri for uh, vacation kick it time good for yeah. well good for you and I think you need to take some time you've been basically following you and knowing what you've been doing you've been out and about and, and uh, just doing a lot so I think your wife's yeah. probably like hey Marcus I, I need you now <laughs> yeah with three little ones I got a five seven and nine year old it's uh mm-hmm, it's real deal busy <laughs> yeah uh, that's awesome that's awesome hey kev are you are you ready to go back there i'm ready man let's go raise that frequency let's hey let's go it. spread some good out of that podcast universe it's that time hello and welcome to today's show as always super excited to be here today with my co-host and friend kevin we are excited i am just pumped up to have dr marcus Bielen on the show today uh, i'm jason paris I'm Kevin Jost. And we are the Two Principles, the Two Principles podcast, where we put the focus on leadership, work-life balance, stress management, and mental health. Our goal is to equip everyday leaders with practical tools to maintain their overall health and live out a more balanced and fulfilling life. Hey, if this is your first time tuning in to the Two Principles pod, hey, we appreciate you checking us out. There are many, many, many hundreds of thousands of pods out there that are fantastic, but we appreciate you tuning in today as we continue on this journey towards a healthier and happier you. One step at a time, one conversation at a time. Hey, as always, just like with every episode, we will stay true to the two principles purpose. We will consider the impact of our words and actions. We will be in the moment. We're going to stay present. We're going to give it our best today. And of course, we are going to try to have a little bit of fun. Oh, yeah, we're going to have fun. Marcus is in the house. And I got to tell you, I, Marcus, I've never... Uh, you know, met you, but I know we've been texting and, and through email and all that stuff, but I just, I feel your energy. I feel your passion. I feel your energy. And I just, um, super excited to have you on the, 
on the Two Principles pod today. And I know you're also a podcaster as well, too. You've got the unapologetic leadership. So um, you got any questions for the Two Principles to get us started? Oh, man. Y'all are throwing a lot of curveballs today. I have to figure <laughs> out a walk-up song. And now, now I got to ask you all questions. No, well, no, you, you don't have to. You can just say I'm good. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There well, you, you know what? As we go through, we'll do that. Hey, Kevin, just before we get started here, I've had yeah. a couple people just reach out to us uh, through email and just ask us about our two principles, uh, life and leadership newsletter. Hey, if yep. you're interested in our life and Le- life and leadership newsletter, just go to our website, twoprinciples.com. Subscribe there. It's a, it's a weekly newsletter sent out every Sunday that deals with a, uh, a topic on life and leadership that can help you become a better version of you so uh with that so marcus what what's your walk-up song man what are we going to introduce you to the show with man uh i i told you all that i was a dj before i was a principal in college and i i love music i love listening to all genres of music um i would say kendrick lamar humble uh Mm. is a good one for me um but there's probably 500 more that would be uh just along that same wavelength yeah. This is it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I remember. Yeah. There we see. go, Marcus. Don't, don't, now you getting me hyped. Now I'm ready to stand up. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Marcus, welcome to the Two Principles Pod, man. Super excited to have you, man. That's awesome, man. I appreciate being here. The the vibe this morning. Listen, I'm I'm waking up to hop on this podcast, and I'm already. You would have thought I was walking in on the first day of school, man. The energy inside of me, I don't know how I'm staying seated. That's awesome. That's I love cool. that song. That's let's, a good let's song, formally, too. Yeah. Let's formally introduce him. Uh, so, we, like you said, we are excited to have Dr. Marcus Beelan on the show today. Marcus is a principal at Huntley High School, which is a large high school, over 3,000 students located in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. Uh, he is the 2021 NASSP Digital Principal of the Year, former president of the Illinois Association of Secondary School Principals, and currently serving on the NASSP board. He is the host, as you mentioned, Jason, of the Unapologetic Leadership Podcast. So check that out for sure. It's always great to learn from other leaders. We want to welcome Marcus. Thank you. Like you said, you're on the road. You're busy. You got little kids, you got lots going on, so we can't tell you enough how much we appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us and have a, a, a rich conversation about all the things going on in the world of education. So thank you so much. Absolutely, man. It's great work. It's a pleasure to be here. Definitely make time for you guys because you all are doing amazing work as well. So I, I appreciate your voice. Appreciate it. Hey, Marcus, we do a random question of the show. I'm going to throw another curveball at you here. <laughs> Hey, so maybe this will be easy though, but like if you could switch lives with anyone for a day, who would it be and why? Just for one day, if you could switch lives with anybody, who would it be? Oh man. Can it be two people? Yeah, sure. go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna yep, go ahead. Well, <clears throat> first off, first is Barack Obama. Um that okay. I just love everything presidential, like he's been doing great work. I just want to see life through his lens. And then the next mm-hmm. would be Taylor Swift. I want to know what it's like. I want to know what it's like to shut down cities and have millions of people follow you. And just just to get her vantage point would be 
awesome. I know I had to throw that one to you because yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, you we talk were, about throwing a curveball. That's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> we were in Denver. <laughs> I was just in Denver, and all you see are the little 13s on everybody's hand. And I was yeah. just like, Taylor Swift is here. The airport was crazy. Everybody's like walking on cloud 30. I'm like, this is this is nuts. This is one person. But hey. Oh, jeez. Hey Marcus, you you are gonna have you are you've got that energy, you got that vibe. Let's let's keep uh, let's keep raising that, and more and more people are gonna follow you and and all that good stuff. So you'll be the ne- you'll be the next one. All right, let's let's jump into some more serious questions. Although that was great, uh, why don't you just tell the listeners, you know, just in general, a little bit about yourself, your background, where'd you grow up, where'd you go to school, um, how'd you end up in your current position, uh, maybe your experiences with NASSP. Um, all of that. Just kind of give the listeners a sense of, of who you are. Oh, goodness. All right. I'm going to give you Reader's Digest because we'd be here forever. Okay. Um, so I actually grew up on the south side of Chicago. Uh, I'm a fifth generation educator uh, on my mom's side. So I got education is all throughout my family. It was a value for us. Um, I actually went to private school uh, on the south side of Chicago, both for uh, elementary when I went to St. Dorothy uh, uh, Elementary and then um went to St. Rita High School on the south side, uh, which is still there. It was a all all boys high school experience. It was it was an experience, let's say the least. Um, then I, I, I went to Bradley University, got my bachelor's uh, and my master's degree. I found a lot about myself, found out a lot about myself in terms of who I wanted to be, uh, and the legacy I wanted to, to leave everywhere I went. And so I became an educator following in the footsteps of uh, my grandmother, who was a, a educator for 40 years in Chicago public schools, a special education teacher. Uh, oh, wow. my, my mom, who's still in the field of education, um, and my sister, and it, it, you name them, That's awesome. they've done it. So um, hopped into the seat of a fifth and sixth grade social studies teacher at a startup charter school right outside of um, Bradley University's campus in Peoria, Quest Charter Academy. Actually taught only for two years. I was middle uh, or fifth and sixth grade social studies, and then we, as we were growing and adding on a grade level each year from uh, seventh grade all the way up to high school, um, I hopped into the seat of of a dean of students at the age of twenty three, um, and mm-hmm. I was part of a startup high school, a charter high school uh, in Peoria. Uh, did that for three years. Moved right outside of Peoria to Dunlap, um, which was uh, the first public school experience that I had, um, both as an educator, uh, as a student, a learner, I would say. Um, And I was uh, assistant principal for two years. And then I took the big leap of saying, you know what, there's more, um, and became principal at Huntley High School at the age of 29, taking over a building of 3,000 kids. Uh, which I love to do every single day. I'm still there. It's my current role. Uh, so that's that's the professional track. Um, served as, as president of uh, Illinois Principals Association. Um, now I serve on the board of uh, directors for the National Association of Secondary School Principals, NASSP, uh, and that has been one heck of an experience. And I've only done it for a year. I got two more years left in my term. Um, and I'm just, uh, just excited of, of what is going on across the nation, right? We talk about mm-hmm. changing the narrative of education, um, mm-hmm. being a part of either your state or your national association to be able to connect and network with other school leaders and allowing yourself to grow as a school leader, right? Like that's how the, we, when we talk about like filling the cup, 
Um, we -hmm. can't lead as educators with an empty cup and like NASSP people within my state, we got over 6,000 people in my state who are part of uh, Illinois Principals Association. And just to be able to connect with them, be in the same room or on Zoom calls or whatever um, is always PD uh, and it's always filling the cup so we can give everything to kids, which we do all the time. That's That's awesome. awesome. Hey, I'm going to give you a little uh, funny connection here. I was actually born in Peoria. My family's from Peoria. Well, yeah. well, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, my my uncle still lives there. My, my grandparents are, have passed, but um, my uncle's actually a longtime uh, uh, morning uh, radio show host, uh, Greg Batten. Yeah. I, yeah. Listen, Don't tell me his, you know him, dude. Yes. His daughter was in really? my class. I taught oh, his my, daughter. Yeah that's, that, yeah, that's my that's my cousin. Ginger Batten. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's yeah, crazy. Are you kidding me? I can't wait. I cannot wait to tell, tell them this. That, that is, so that now is you can now you can fact check everything I just told yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my that's my yes. mom's brother, Greg, oh, Greg Batten and, and uh, Ginger and, and Justice. I don't know yeah. if you had Justice. No, I didn't have Justice. Uh, I had Ginger. So he's, okay, oh, so that's Justice crazy. Gonna a, he's going to be a senior this year. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Small world. That small is small world. world. Very cool. That's awesome. Hey, we're going to, uh, we talk a lot about Marcus. We talk a lot about just health in general, just as, as leaders and principals, but what does being a leader in your health and wellness look like to you? And maybe, maybe what's your like self care plan for Marcus? Oh, um, that is, that's great. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I'm, I'm not always good at it. Right. Like, like, let's just get that out Mm -hmm. the way. Um, I, I, health and wellness is most important because you can't help other people when you can't help yourself. They, it's the cliche, like always put your oxygen mask on first before you help yep. other people. And I, it was crazy because I was on the plane uh, flying to Denver on United and they have like the funny video, like the funny safety video mm-hmm. and it's all the jokes and stuff. But I was looking at the lady put on her mask and the little kid was just sitting there just waiting, you know, and it, it hits me every time I see that, that, you know, you always got to take care of yourself first because uh, you can never do for others when you can't do for yourself. Um, and so I started to uh, really focus on that, even even this summer, right? When school mm-hmm. was out and I was just like, man, it was a heck of a year. I felt like I ran two marathons a day, uh, <laughs> um, mainly because I my energy level is so high that I have to run two marathons a day to feel whole. <laughs> I could I can feel that man I can feel that <laughs> um but I think the 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 key piece of that is is like when I wake up now um I'm usually up by 4 4 15 every day um sounds crazy uh but I always say you can sleep later um and just keep <laughs> um but I the reason I wake up at 4 4 15 every day is because my kids are still sleeping my wife is still sleeping so there's no like honey do list there's no kids asking me <laughs> for breakfast um, that happens two hours later than when I wake up. So I get up, I do my devotionals. Um, I make coffee, uh, make coffee for my wife, uh, try to lay out some clothes for the kids so that they can wake up and get ready to go. Um, and then I sit down, I get my emails done. I kind of lay out my day. Um, mm-hmm. so that way, especially during the school year, when I get to school, I can be everything and all things to my kids and my staff. Um, and then I don't, I don't feel behind the eight ball. I feel like I feel accomplished already walking into work. Um, yeah. You know, so it's because any day, every every day is a different day. And if I mm-hmm. wait until 
seven o'clock to start that or open up that email and shut it off at three thirty. I'm gonna forever be behind the eight ball. It's just what we do in education. Um, I think the other part of that is 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 uh, really being intentional about taking time for yourself. Uh, we can get consumed by everybody else's stuff, right? Everybody else's stuff is important to them, but they try to make it important to you because as a principal, as a building leader, you are everything and all things to everyone, mm-hmm. right, all the time. Uh, and I think when, when you consume yourself with everybody else's things, it becomes it becomes stressful to manage. In a building for me of 323 adults that helped my building run, if everybody had one question a day or one thing they needed from me a day, that's 323 things that I have to do before I even do things for myself. So it's important that mm-hmm. I prioritize me so that I can do as much as I can uh, when I'm in the seat and in the role of Dr. Phelan as principal of Huntley High School. I, I'm curious, Marcus, did you, what was your progress in, in, uh, creating those habits? I mean, was it, was it, was there a time when, when your morning routine didn't exist and yeah. it was a revelation of, Oh my God, I got to do things different. Yeah. Um, I was eating crazy, um, or not eating at all. I was, my energy level was nuts. And, um, I, like I work out every morning as well, um, and I stopped yeah, doing yeah. that, and I just I felt sluggish all day. Like walking in the building and at six forty five in the morning, I'm like, all right, how am I, I gonna make it through the? Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. talk talk about a marathon. It was like run a mile, sleep a mile, run a mile, sleep a mile. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just yeah, it, yeah. it 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 was taxing to me. Um, can I still be better? I can always be better and improve. Yeah. Um, but I also want to be a beacon for my own kids. And when they see daddy's mm-hmm. working, like they know when I get up in the morning, like, okay, cool, dad's in the office. They know how to go downstairs and get Cheerios and kind of do their own thing um, and let me do my thing because they know that I need it. Um, my wife is now becoming, or she's going to be an assistant principal this year in our district. Oh, wow. Um, so she's moving in. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, feel as though if I'm going to walk the walk of um, of being a principal and really living the life uh, as an educator, like you always, I always tell people, you never know who's watching your journey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a bunch of people who, who follow me or, or, or want to connect and always ask me these questions. I'm not going to lie to them, right? But I'm also walk the walk. Um, yeah. and, and so I just have to do better for myself. And so I would say probably within the last probably three to four years, um, things have changed. Uh, the pandemic did a lot of that because I only led Huntley a year before the pandemic hit. And then mm-hmm. there was really no separation. It was, I'm sitting at my dining room table. I got my monitors up. I'm running to high school. And then when I was done, I would hop into the basement for a change of scenery uh, to go work on my dissertation. And then I would hop off of that and I go do kids and then I wake up and do it all over. There were no, there was yeah. no boundary. Um, and so I had to be intentional about creating that because I was driving myself yeah. nuts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you have, I'm curious what, you know, you talked about you kind of come to that realization that things were kind of out of balance a little bit, but, um, were family members also noticing things? Was was your wife? Oh yeah. Yeah. My wife was, yeah. um, I, I, I actually was noticing it in myself cause I was really forcing myself not to, but I was very, I was short, um, yeah. short in tone with my mm-hmm. kids. Like when my kids would ask me stuff, it's just like, it's, it's like quit. Like, what do you need? Like, 
you got things to do. I got things to do. Right. Let's go. And and we yeah. never we never get back that time. And I don't want my kids to look at, at me and say, hey, he was a great principal, but he was a horrible father. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that was. Yeah. Um, I I love the 3000 kids that I have uh, in my building um, because I work for them every single day. But I also I, I work, love and have to provide for my children at home. Um, and so mm-hmm. it's being intentional about making time for them and being present with them. Uh, and so really being focused on my habits of when I come home, even though I know I may have some work to do, I'm going to tuck them in every night. I'm going to read a story mm-hmm. to them. Uh, I'm going to pick them up. Um, well, my son who was in daycare, I picked him up every single day from daycare. Even at, even with the after school events and games, it was like, Hey guys, I'll be back for the after school stuff, yeah. but I got to go pick up my yeah. son. Um, and it was sure. important that I, that I do that. And even though my life is still speeding up and my wife is moving into administration and home life is getting, it's getting busier because my kids are involved in a bunch of stuff. It's still, mm-hmm. we have to be the time we have, we have to be intentional about um, settling down and being in the moment uh, and growing as a family. Um, Cause I, I can't do what I do. My wife would, she pull a plug on it all and be like, Nope, <laughs> it's either everybody else or it's this family. And, um, and, and I want to make sure that I I'm being the best version of myself as a father and a husband that I can. That's I love awesome. what you said. I love what you said there about being being in the moment. And I think so much of our life, if we can get if we can get back to just being present mm-hmm. uh, in our, in where we're at, I think that can do so much for us. Because a lot of times our our thoughts could be spinning one way or thinking this way, but if 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 we're focusing it there, our attention there, then we're not present. We're not where we need to be. And if that's with your kids, with your spouse, mm-hmm. or at work, whatever it is, I, I like that. Just being present. Hey, I got to ask you a question. Hoverboards, man. Uh, are you still are you still <laughs> ripping around on a hoverboard? And do you are you do you uh, update your hoverboard or get a do you get like a new model every year? Or what's the deal on that? It's, tell the first of all, tell the listeners about that because a lot of listeners might not know. But you okay. you rip around your building in a hoverboard. So I have seven hundred and fifty thousand square feet of space. Okay, <laughs> um, I have great legs. I used to run track. I love walking. But why walk when you can put two wheels under your feet and just roll through the hallway? <laughs> and it's crazy because I did it my first year and <laughs> um, people thought I was nuts. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've, I, I told you I started, Hunt, I started um, my, my principalship at Huntley when I was 29. Um, I had a teacher who had been teaching at Huntley at that point for 30 years. Okay, so he's been in this building longer than I've been alive. He's an amazing teacher, uh, which is why he's still there. Uh, he is, he's going to be there forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and the look on his face when I rolled past him was just like, <laughs> who is this kid that has now taken, I'm supposed, he's my boss. Like that was the look on his, his, look on his yeah. face was crazy. The amount of connection I was able to make with kids in that mm-hmm. on that first day I rolled out of my office, kids were like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like this dude is on a hoverboard, and <laughs> I that that literally that was the day that flipped a script on what the role of a principal is in a very large high school. Um, I I'm sure. I was the talk. I was definitely on social media like crazy, but I sh- I'm sure I was the talk at everybody's dinner table. 
And I'm sure the parents was like, who is this guy? But the fact that my kid has never come home and talked about school and now is sitting at my table talking about school and they're excited to go back the next day. And that became um, the piece that broke down the barriers uh, for even the kids who didn't want to be uh, in the building. Uh, So I I don't ride it as much because we just have so much going on uh, and I'm 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 trying to get I'm trying to get a lot of things done in just a short amount of time. But. The kids ask me, hey, when's that hoverboard coming back out? I need a new one. (laughs) Um, I have probably put thousands of miles on that thing. Uh, And when you think rolling through the hallways, it should be okay, man. That thing's starting to rattle now. Uh, So I think I may come out with a new one uh, this year. You ever ever taken a spill? Listen, um, yes. I've I've had one and a half spills, all right? The half, I'll start with the half. The half, I was in the hallway going around uh, the corner to the fitness room, and I hit it way too hard. And fortunately, there was only one kid. There was only one kid there. And I didn't fall on the ground, but I definitely came out. I separated from that hoverboard. Yeah, yeah. The kid looked at me, and he was like, Dr. B, I, I promise you, I won't say anything. <laughs> I was like, please, man. I gave him a You Matter t-shirt. I I bought him lunch the next day. I was like, please don't say anything. The next spill, the full spill, uh, it was at our homecoming parade. Um, I This was my first time really taking it out on the road. No pun intended. Um, we left the village hall and kids were throwing candy at all of the little, little ones standing yeah. on the side of the road. And so I'm just rolling, the parade stepping off. This is crazy, but I hit a, <laughs> my tire hit a lifesaver. And the, that's ironic. It's very ironic. And the board, it, listen, if it, the board literally was like, whoop, 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 and just, <laughs> it flew about 20 feet. Oh, I hit no. the ground. I fell on my butt. And, and I was right next to the football team. You would have thought I had a spring in my butt. I jumped up so quick. Yo, I jumped up so quick. Nobody could even get their phone out. The only thing yeah. people could do was talk about it. So yeah. I, I linked back up with my hoverboard and kept rolling, but I was watching out for every piece of candy. Yeah, that's good. That's, awesome. that's a good memory for people, though. That's, yeah, man. That's awesome. Hey, moving into another another uh, big pillar that uh, Jason and I talk about on the show is is mental health and um, it's one of the the foundation pieces that we want to talk about. Um, you know, really just ultimately trying to break down the stigma mm. around mental health and just kind of trying to get people to understand that it's you know Jason says it best. It's it's just part of us. It's your, your mental health is just part of who you are, um, and everyone has a different relationship with with that concept of mental health. Um, for you personally, what what is what does mental health mean to you? And then I'll have a couple of follow up questions too. Man, mental health is is super super critical um, uh, to just living life. Um, we we focus so much on physical health. I mean, in every neighborhood, there's a gym somewhere, a Planet Fitness, a Lifetime, uh, you name it, right? A, a YMCA for those in the city. You know what I mean? Like it, there is a even in hotels, there is a, a workout facility, but there aren't spaces in which we can sit back and be able to just take time for ourselves, right, um, uh, and really focus on what we need. I mean, there's, it's, it's deep. It's so much to that. Um, mm-hmm. 
But I think about it like when when you walk in, I used to belong to Planet Fitness. And when I walked in, I'd see all of the people walking in like, like super ready to go, shirts already stretched out, um, you know, headbands, people sweating like crazy. Um, and you start to notice like, man, they're, they're in really good shape. You know what I mean? And like you can see their journey and you can see their story. But so many times we walk past people, we don't know their journey. We don't know their story. We don't mm-hmm. know what they're going through. Uh, and it's all on the inner inner part of of, of who we are. Um, and if we can't take care of that and we do, again, we we look good for everybody else and we uh, we go out and we uh, we make sure our physical appearance is great. But the moment that we step away from neglecting uh, what is taking place on the inside, we lose touch of who we are as, as a person. Uh, and we can't really grow the way that we need to grow. Um, we all got stuff uh, mm-hmm. going on in our life. We all have things that challenge us. We all have it. it, it uh, we all have tests. Um, and I think our tests become our testaments of who we are uh, as people. Um, and and really taking time to focus on that and making mental health such a priority. Uh, nobody will ever talk about anybody going to the gym like, oh, you're working out. Oh, you shouldn't be working out. Like, oh, you're taking care of your mental health. Oh, you shouldn't. Nobody's going to say that. Right. So it's OK to just yeah. it's OK to not be OK. Um, yeah. uh, and it's OK to really be able to step back and say, I got to take care of me, because, again, you can't take care of somebody else if you if you are uh, completely off kilter with who you need to be. Yeah, that's very beautifully said. You know, I'm going to ask a couple of questions, a couple follow up questions there. Mm-hmm. Um, in your experience in, in education, um, what are, what are some trends maybe you've seen with mental health when it comes to maybe kids, uh, staff, um, and then what are some things that you personally, uh, maybe have done to address some of those concerns or your, or your school is doing to address those concerns or district? Yeah. So, um, I think some of the trends, uh, it just, it all, it all depends on what what you're plugged into, right? Like many of our kids, it's the social media. Um, Mm -hmm. If it's on social media, um, the chances are that there's somebody that's in taking that in, they're ingesting that uh, and processing it the way that they feel they need to. Uh, And sometimes it takes you to some dark places, (laughs) right? Uh, Social media has become a battleground for our kids' uh, mental health. you know, if you had to put two things in the ring, it's social media and it's mental health. And these things yep. constantly battle each other because people have you have weaponized a platform to network and connect with people. And they've weaponized it in a way that um, is now taking shots at our kids every single day. Um, yep. And it feels some days like standing in the ring and our kids have no reprieve. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a 30 minute uh it's a 30 minute round in a, in a, in a fight, uh, you know, and for some it's a, it feels like a year long, two years long. I've, there's so many kids who have been placed in residential facilities or, uh, who withdraw from school, who withdraw from family, who, uh, make attempts on their life, um, because they're in that ring and that's the only way for them to get out. Um, and so what we have to do is we have to be okay with just picking up that, that, that hammer and ringing the bell and say, okay, time, whoop time, time, go take time for you, go take time for you. And you all need to separate. Right. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. and and as a principal, uh, it's all about calling the fight, right. It's all about, Mm -hmm. um, stopping the momentum of the day to day. Right. We have as when a high school kid walks into our building, I have 720 days 
from the time that they enter as a freshman to the time that they graduate, I have 720 days to prepare them for the world beyond high school, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and yeah, when I don't you put it that way. It doesn't sound like much. It doesn't sound like much. I mean, <laughs> if you think about it, it's 365 days in a year, yeah. 720 days. You're already down to two years, right? Like, yeah. and, and we call yeah. high school four years, but no, it really is two years of their life that I mm-hmm. get to really um, be an impact as a principal. I get to lead adults in being an impact on their lives in the classroom, coaches on the field, yellow limousine drivers on the uh, on the school buses. You know what I mean? Like we all as adults have that have the ability to impact their lives. And so um, I think as a, as a district um, and even as a school, one of the things that we've we've done uh, is be very intentional about educating our kids on what resources exist for them um, so that when they advocate for themselves and say, here's what I need, um, they can actually open their mouth and verbalize that. And we create safe spaces to be able to do that. We've increased our um, We've increased our, our clinic, uh, clinical staff um, of counselors. Like we're at 10 counselors now. We're at um, uh, eight social workers, right? We, uh, which is a lot. But when you think about it for 3,000 kids, it's still not enough. Right. It's right. not enough because exactly. we just don't have enough people going into the profession. There's not a lot of people saying, hey, woo, pick me. I want to be a school uh, psychologist or a, a school social worker or, or, or counselor. Um, people aren't going to school for that because they already know that when they leave, they can work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, and never be able to to fix the challenges and the and the and the the, the, the craziness that exists uh, amongst our our young people. So mm-hmm. um, ultimately, and I think what the, the the biggest thing and the goal that I have, and I've said this since day one when I walked into Huntley High School, I want a physical space in our building. Um, that is a wellness center for our kids to be able to go see their counselors or, or, or social workers. But I want a space separate from just that. Cause they also talk about academics and all of that stuff. I want a space that is right. just focused on uh, mental health, a wall where you can go in and color <laughs> and, you know, the big coloring sheets and, and, and being able to sit and talk with other people, groups and, and all of that. I, I wanted to exist in that space um, because if parents, and our communities are expecting educators to be everything and all things to kids all the time. I want to help our staff. I want to help our kids. I want to help our community know that we are also focusing on uh, mental health, which doesn't need to be stigmatized or weaponized. It needs to be a reality of what we really need to focus on. That's great. That was a lot. I love it. That oh, that's, that's, that's fantastic. And, and Marcus, you know, Kevin and I, we're very fortunate. We are, we get, we're partnered with here in Minnesota with HealthWise Behavioral Health and Wellness. They're a, a, a mental health facility offering a lot of different holistic, uh, you know, ways to take care of yourself, uh, you know, through mental health and other things. And so we're very fortunate that HealthWise has uh, partnered with us. And what we're really trying to do is uh, work and, and get this message out that, Hey, if you're a leader and you're struggling, it's okay to go talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And I think as leaders, uh, from you, Marcus, and just can, and what I love about what you do is you're building that community, that culture of togetherness. We're in this together and we need to really take care of one another and, and really be there for one another. And at the same time, like you said, 
it's okay if you're not okay, mm-hmm. but let's go find, let's go find, let's, maybe you need some, maybe you need some support. Maybe you need a resource. Uh, maybe you just need to check in with another principal, whatever that may be, but we need to be here for one another so we can continually help push this profession in the right direction. So I, man, that was a hot take there that Marcus just had, man. <laughs> that was, that was really a really good. hot take. Sometimes I so surprise. I sometimes I surprise myself, man. But especially <laughs> the fact that this is, you know, early in the morning on a Monday. You would think that we're working, but it's, it's summertime. But that's yeah, it's good stuff, man. Good. I appreciate it. Hey, we're gonna another topic is social media, and I know you hit on it a little bit, mm-hmm. but. And I, and I know this, but uh, for the listeners, you know, uh, are you staying up to date with the little with the latest social media platforms? What platforms are you on? Who do you follow and all that kind of stuff? And then we've got some follow up questions to go along with that, too. Oh, my goodness. Um, I social media is like my life. Um, I was digital principal of the year uh, back mm-hmm. in 2021 with NASSP. And um, I utilize that as a uh, as a preface for people who were just like, I can't get with social media. It's like, hey, let me tell you, let me tell you from this lens. But I, it is a like the hoverboard uh, connects my kids. My shoe game also connects my kid. Let's be honest, man. I, <laughs> yes, I, I, I love it. Let's talk shoe game Yeah, here. <laughs> man. I got a whole, I got a lot of J's, man. I got a lot <laughs> of J's. Um, and I've, it's become the norm. It's okay to at a board meeting for me to wear a suit, a shirt and tie and some shade. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> gonna, awesome. you can judge me if you want, man. But uh, Jordan, if, if they clean and they look good, they might as well be dress shoes. <laughs> might as well be. Um, so anyway, that was that was a little uh, side note. Um, but I think the other thing that has really connected me um, and con- connected me to my school and the work that I do, but also connected our, our school community has been social media. Uh, when I started at Huntley, we really didn't have a social media presence. We had a lot of attempts at social media. Um, Facebook had like 10 different Huntley High School pages that I had to figure mm-hmm. out how to get all taken down to really get started and tell the story of, of Huntley because there's some great things happening. But uh, there's Facebook. There's Twitter. It's crazy because I started Twitter back in 06. No, was it 06 or 07 when it came out? Um, mm-hmm. And I remember... Um, uh, an admissions director at Bradley University, who I was real good friends with, he was like, "Hey, Marcus, have you heard of Twitter?" I was like, "No, nah, what's Twitter?" He was like, "Just sign up for it, like, you know." And now going here is like, "Hey, I'm waking up to eat breakfast." Like, okay, I don't care, you know what I mean? Or, "Hey, I'm getting ready to go to the store." Like, "Hey, I don't." And then all of a sudden, I started seeing news, and then I took a hiatus for like ten years, <laughs> and then came back to Twitter, and now I'm like bunch of followers. I follow a lot of, a lot of things in education, uh, a lot of things Mm -hmm. in educational policy. Um, I love educational policy and, and um, you know, the, the, the laws and the policies that are changing education that will change education, right? Good or bad. Like I need to know what's coming uh, before we get smacked in the face by it. So uh, I'm really (laughs) plugged in on Twitter, Uh, both personally and professionally. Instagram is for me, my bread and butter. Because uh, I like scrolling mm-hmm. and seeing pictures and videos and reels and all of that stuff. Um, uh, TikTok, I've kind of ventured into that area. Uh, and Snapchat, not so much. I can't, I really can't get behind Snapchat as much as I used to when it first came out because um, it has done so much damage to our young people that yes. I just can't, I, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I just can't really support a platform that really is, 
hurting our kids, right? Yeah, like, right. hey, our kids are struggling, but hey, I love Snapchat. I just can't, I can't get behind it. I mean, yes, other social media yeah. platforms, sure, but Snapchat has been, it's something I deal with every single day. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Between student discipline and, and student mental health and well-being, I just, <clears throat> I can't. Um, but the new one, Threads. I'm on it. Threads, yeah. Yeah, I heard you talking you, about that. We connected. That. We connected on Threads. We did yeah. connect. <clears throat> see, see, we connected on Threads. <laughs> and I tell it was crazy um, because what was it last early last week or the week before last? It was like over 16 million or 20 million people in the last six. It was 20 million people in the last 16 hours had you know, hopped on threads. Uh, and it was like the fastest growing social media uh, frenzy. And everybody's like, oh, it's like a Twitter. It's a this or that. You need an Instagram. Yeah, there's pros and cons. You can battle it all you want. But I think it's a it's a, yeah. it's another space for people to be able to connect and have conversation, genuine mm. conversation mm-hmm. uh, about stuff. And I told educators, I said, hey, look, this new, if we're looking for a way to uh, to bring uh, a different narrative to the profession, and we need to be making a space that's large on threads. We mm-hmm. need to be trending yeah. all the time on threads. We need to be trending all the time yeah. on social media, telling the stories of our schools, telling the stories of our kids, telling the stories of our lives as administrators and teachers and paraprofessionals and kitchen chefs and yellow limousine drivers. We need to be telling those stories all the time because there's some great stuff happening in every community um, across the world, man. So, Hey, I got a question. Marcus, this is, you probably deal with this too, but I feel like there's different camps when it comes to cell phones and, and, and all that stuff in the schools. And, you know, there's some camps that say, we gotta, we gotta ban these. We, we can't have them in schools. They shouldn't be there. And then there's the other side that will say, you know what, we, we've got to, you know, work with kids to help them understand this for their, you know, life beyond high school. Mm-hmm. What's your take on this? And, and where do you see like, uh, you know, policies or guidelines for high schools to take when it comes to cell phone use? Man, I say we go back to the days where we had minutes. Like, you know, you got your phone, you only had so many minutes a day. Uh, And then like once once your minutes were gone, like that was it. Right, like it gets kids like to it. prioritize and budget. No, I'm just kidding, y'all. I'm not, I ain't. <laughs> I, I'll tell you though, like that just was off the top. Like that was my first thought that came to my mind when you asked that question. Because I remember seventh mm-hmm. grade was when I got my first phone. It was Prime Co. It was like the little alien that had the little antenna. Like sure, yeah, yep. it was Prime Co. And I had a hundred minutes a month. And once I was done with those minutes, like that was it. So I really was strategic on when I picked up the phone and when I used it, it helped me budget that time. Um, Now with all the unlimited everything, it's anytime, all the time, whenever. For me, I'm not banning phones in schools. In a large school of 3000 kids, banning phones is just another fight, right? Our kids are, it's, We've given them the world and now we want to take the world back from them and hold it hostage. And I'm like, no, like their phones can be used for both educational purposes. We just have to give kids an expectation. What is Mm -hmm. the expectation for my phone use in academic spaces? Um, What is it it, from a greater scheme of being in a building uh, and then being in a classroom? Additionally, uh, when we look at phones as, 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 as a tool, when they walk in my classroom, I may say, hey, look, like phones in your bag, like out of sight, we're not using them. Uh, keep it moving. 
right? That's it. That's my expectation. Mm-hmm. Jason, in your classroom, you're like, yo, I need everybody to go here, do this. They utilize their phone for whatever, right? Kevin, you may do something completely different. But again, as long as you set the expectation and give and and let kids know what the norm is in your room, they will rise to that in a heartbeat, right? Like we just have to give them access to knowing what's acceptable and what's not. We also have to uh, help them to find that balance. Um, mm-hmm. I, I subbed in a classroom and I tell this story all the time. I told it to my staff and um, when we talk about regulation, I, I subbed in a classroom and I said, hey kids, do me a favor. I want everybody to take their phone out. I want you to put them on silent. I want you to leave them on your desk face down. Uh, five minutes before the bell rings, we're gonna turn our phones over and I want you to count up how many notifications <laughs> you received in this 47 minute period, okay? I had over 800 notifications <laughs> for 23 kids, 23 kids. I had over 800 collective notifications. If I had them turn their sound on and let it ping every time a notification came through, we wouldn't have been able to have class. That is insane to me, right? Everything from Snapchat to even a a message from our attendance office on, hey, your pass is Mm -hmm. here. Like it's, we're always going. And if we're getting those notifications during a school day when we're supposed to be focused on school, think about it at night. Think about when you're supposed to be sleeping and taking care of yourself. Those notifications constantly will run our lives. And for that moment on, there were kids who were like, yo, that was eye-opening for me. Like, I need to be able to, like, when do I shut it off? You got to figure out when that time is. And so next year, our biggest focus is on cell phones because it is changing the game for uh, for our teachers mm-hmm. and they're frustrated by it. And I'm not putting out a blanket policy about it. I just want people to, I want to give teachers the ability to make or create the expectations for their learning environment and make sure kids adhere to it. And we will support it from the administrative side when kids don't follow mm-hmm. those expectations. That's good. Love it. Great stuff. Kev, let's go into another big topic and that's leadership. Yeah. And so you want to take this yeah, one? Yeah, I'll take this one. Uh I, I actually, I want to back up one one step when we we're talking yeah. about social media. What what is your um, take on uh, uh, AI? Ooh. You know that's been take that's mm. that's that's been a big mm-hmm. big um, um, you know gain of momentum and whatnot. And so, how is how has that been for you? So um, actually, on my phone, I just saw it, there's people listening. But right yeah. here on my phone, there's an app called Ask AI, right? It's ChatGPT oh, is an app on my we, phone. We got a few okay? bots too. <laughs> I got some. I Yes. Listen, I love it. Um, it has been a game changer for me. It saves so much time uh, yeah. in trying to just get started. There's a lot of times I run into my, like with 3,000 kids, you got you to gotta be like, man, how many letters of recommendation do you write? I do write a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I write a ton of recommendation letters. Um, I personalize every single one of them. I don't have a generic anything. Yep. Uh, but sometimes I just need it to sound better, right? So I'll mm-hmm. I'll, t- I'll copy and paste it and say, reword this. Uh, and I'll reword it and it'll sound better than what I'm thinking yeah. right now. Or um, a, a concept that I've needed or... Uh, towards the, or at the beginning of the summer, I wanted to figure out a way for um, me to create a mail merge to send positive notes to our staff that come from our kids. And so I typed it in in the chat and it, it actually laid it out of how I needed to 
set it up in an Excel document to create a mail merge. And it took sure. all of 30 seconds for it to do it. It would have taken me an hour or two to actually do it and build yeah. it. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of positive behind it. Again, what is the expectation? How are we teaching people what's appropriate to do? It is not to replace I don't think at this point is to replace anything because we still need to learn and and grow. But it, when you're stuck in the moment, when you need to help, it, it need help explaining an idea or something of that nature, right? Like let it be a platform to give you a starting block, uh, but you got to run the race, right? Yeah, that well, that's what well said. Yeah. yeah, that's AI for me. Like it's starting blocks for me, and I'm I am the one getting in the starting blocks, but I still got to get to the finish line, and I have to run it myself. Uh, yeah. and, and I think the more, the more we become resistant to it, we actually are hurting ourselves because we're putting ourselves at a disadvantage to the world. You know how many people are using AI? <laughs> if, if we're just talking about it now, you got to know it's been out for several years. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, exactly. Well said. Well said. Yeah. And it's just, like you said, it's a, it's a tool and just like any tool, it can be abused. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know. It's not going away. It's, it's not going anywhere. It's so, only getting so better, either, man. Right. So mm-hmm. um, just kind of like the cell phone when they came around, you know, now now the expectation is we need to share share those expectations with the kids. And, and of course, educators are concerned about cheating and all the stuff. And, um, it, you know, it definitely adds a layer to that. But So one word, so one word to that. When it first came out um, last year and, it, like, teachers were like, oh, my God, now kids are going to just cheat and – that started a conversation of why are they going to cheat? Well, they're just going to yeah, have all of their papers right. written for them. Well, teach them how to write the paper, teach them how to do all the citations and do all of that stuff, but have them, don't just have them submit the paper and you sit there and read it, right? Have them talk mm-hmm. about it, right? Intentionally put time within your class to say, okay, you just wrote this paper. Talk about the process. Talk about What's in your paper? Give us a snapshot, right? You should be, a kid should be able to explain what they wrote. My dissertation, right. had ChatGPT come out before my I wrote my dissertation, man, it'd be a game changer. But I wrote, <laughs> <laughs> I wrote my dissertation all by myself, all 151 pages. Yes. Yeah. Um, but when people ask me, hey, what was your dissertation on? I can give them a 30 second overview and a highlight and be able to talk about what's in it and be able to point them to specific places sure. in about a minute. Kids should be able to do that about the work that they're doing. Yeah. It's called performance assessments. Have kids mm-hmm. get in front of and explain and use their communication skills to talk about it. Don't just leave them to the device and to what they turn in and accept that as gold. I, you know, yeah. so it AI is going to change the game. It's it's not going it to. Is. It's changing the game. Yeah, it is. Um, yes, it is. And, I, and I'm excited about it. It's, you just got to learn. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, jump on and learn and go. I love mm-hmm. it. Another hot take here by Marcus. Man, yeah. he's all fired up this morning, man. I think it was a Kendrick. <laughs> it was a Kendrick Lamar hey, that got him going. Yeah, is what it was. Yeah, man. <laughs> all right, let's let's move into the the other. Uh, like you said, Jason, we, we we talk a lot about leadership. Um, we've got we got a couple of, couple of questions on leadership, but just in general, what does leadership mean to you? Um, and then that first real in depth question is is how do you personally build and sustain a positive culture? Mm. Man, uh, leadership is ever changing. The, the, the definition of leadership uh, changes for me uh, regularly. Um, it changes because it changes with my growth uh, as a leader. Um, 
when I was in school, kindergarten, first, second, third grade, right? Like, oh, you don't go to the principal's office. Like, that's where you go when you get in trouble, right? Like, uh, or I never looked at my principal as like, oh, they do all of these things. I just thought I don't want to be in their office. You know what I mean? Like, it gave, I had I, that was my one perspective when I was younger. Then as I started to grow up, I started to realize like, ooh, like that's what my principal gets to do. Not what they have to do, what they get to do. Ooh, I, I like that. I want to do that. Then I go through my master's program and I'm going into school leadership and I'm loving what I'm learning. Uh, and then I realized that leadership was more than just going into the principal's office to get in trouble. Leadership for a principal was more of you get the ability to set the cone, the, the tone, the culture, the climate of the building. Mm-hmm. You get to make things happen within the building. You get to be a part of the things that happen in the building. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do, but you get to do these things on a regular basis. And I found joy in that. Uh, found joy in being able to connect with kids and staff members and community members and um, and as, just as an educator in general, right? Like it's always going to grow. Like it's growth. I guess it's growth uh, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So I think where I am now, uh, and I think it, what was most eye-opening to me is it really hit in Denver uh, last week, um, the ability of service over self. Mm-hmm. Um, we serve our communities as school leaders. We serve our kids, we serve our staff, we serve our, 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 um, ourselves um, because we are filling our cups every single day with the, with the joy of education and seeing kids, even seeing kids at their worst or dealing with difficult situations and challenges or a staff member, right? Like at the end of the day, we still are filling our cups. So we serve ourselves often, um, but it's always service over self. I put a lot of things, it's a positive and negative, right? I put a lot of things before myself, um, but I always tell my kids, like, I will set the things that I need to do aside so that I can help and support you in the moment that you need it the most. Um, Same for my staff, which is why I wake up early in the morning to get my stuff done because I just never know Mm -hmm. what's going to happen in the day. But, again, I want to be able to serve my school community. I want to be able to serve uh, my family. I want to be able to serve the things that I am committed to, the boards that I sit on, the um, 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 the educational community as, as a whole. I want to be able to serve them. Um, and so I put that above myself because that it means a lot to me, right? It means a lot. Uh, it means a lot to me from the standpoint that I could choose to do something different with my life but I've made a, a, a commitment uh, to the work that I'm doing. I made a commitment to the leadership and the leader that I want to be. Um, and at the end of the day, I want to leave a legacy behind that somebody else could look at and be like, man, that was great. I want to do I want to do that plus more. I want to be better than that. And I always tell my kids, mm-hmm. I, had a, I had a short story real quick. I had a, um, a student that just graduated. Um, she babysits uh, my kids when I have – evening events and my wife we're super busy and she she's a junior coach with my wife who coaches youth cheer so we're all kids all the time (laughs) um but she she was graduating and said hey I'm going into business and then at um uh all of a sudden I ran into her mom and her mom was like yeah my daughter said she changed her major like change it to what 
She's like, she's going into education. She says she wants to do what you do. She wants to be a principal just like you because you've had an impact on her life. And it almost brought a tear to my eye, man. I was getting kind of emotional about it. I was like, yo, that's crazy. But I said, you know what? When you go back and talk to her, and I'm actually going to see her at a graduation party, and I'm going to pull her aside, and I'm going to tell her, like, I don't want you to just do what I do. I want you to be better than who I am. If you look at the role in which I serve in now as a principal, it's going to be completely different four years from now when you start that journey of getting in a classroom and five, six, seven, eight years from now when you take that leap to become a school leader. I want you to be better than what I'm doing now because the tools and the resources that you have are going to be better. The, uh, The connections that you have with kids and the relationships that you decide to build with your staff are going to be better. Um, than where we are right now. Um, and that's what leadership is. It's all about leaving a legacy that people can use as a ladder to climb up and do better for the, for the field of education. Wow. You're knocking it. it out of the park, Marcus. Mm. Um, <laughs> all right. So follow up question to that. And, and there's, you know, there's a multitude of, of answers to this, I know, but maybe, maybe pick a couple and, and uh, highlight them. What are some of the biggest challenges that, that you see from an uh, educational leader standpoint? Um, some of the biggest challenges. Educational leaders, this was, this was a good one. Um, yeah, I just came off a conference, so my mind is like reeling from a lot of the stuff that I, <laughs> sure. that I was, that yep. filled my bucket, man. My cup literally is, was overflowing. <laughs> I had to take an extra suitcase to pack to bring all the knowledge back with me, man. Um, Gary Brooks, I know you, Gary Brooks. Y'all know Gary Brooks. Real, uh, he's he's yep. the principal that uh, does all the videos from his car. Yes, uh, a funny mm-hmm. guy, but he did our closing mm-hmm. keynote at this conference, and that dude was spot on with so much, man. He it was funny, but it was very intentional about being serious of who we are as leaders and, and how we how we grow as leaders. I think one of the biggest things in terms of educational leadership is. Uh, professional jealousy. Yeah, that, I, I saw that. I, you talk about this. Professional jealousy from the standpoint of we, as teachers, it was always looking across the hallway and somebody's bulletin board is better than yours or somebody's class or, or somebody's lesson is always insane or they were teacher of the year and the only reason they got teacher of the year was because they do all, they do extra stuff and they do the most, right? Uh, and I always tell my kids uh, in the building, I was like, man, y'all, I, I love y'all. Y'all know I do the most, right? I'm always going above and beyond and y'all are like, man, why are you always doing so much? As educators, we always, whether it's scrolling through social media, whether it's somebody getting recognized for something in the building, there's always that hater, right? You always going to have haters. You always going to have people watching your journey that that is just trying to throw sticks, you know, to to make your hoverboard fall, right? Because you're moving too fast. (laughs) They going to throw that that, that piece of candy out there for you to trip over. Um, But at the end of the day, if as educators we are – focused on the betterment of our school communities and for the growth of our kids, that should be our focus, right? We shouldn't care. Like if you're doing the the greatest thing, I should be looking to say like, okay, how you doing that? Right? Like, how are you Mm -hmm. growing? How did you get to that point? Right? As let me learn from you. There are some, there are some principles. I've been a principal for five years. There are some principals who have been in the game for 15, 20, 30 years 
who are doing amazing things. Every year we recognize principals and assistant principals of the year at the national level. And I read their, uh, I look through some of their applications. I, this was my first year I actually looked through some of the applications um, because I was on the, on the committee to do so. And I was reading those stories and I'm sitting back like, I need to just on a side note, reach out to you when I see you because that's good. Like I need to step my game up, right? Like I need to, I need to get in the, the gym of leadership and start pumping some <laughs> iron. Like what more, what books uh, can I read? What things can I, I, I learn from? But professional jealousy is real and it really knocks people down because you spend so much time trying to stay out of the limelight of people hating on you but you also want to continue to be great. I always tell people, hey, if you watching my journey and you hate on my journey, that's your problem, <laughs> right? Like I'm gonna go ahead, mm -hmm. I'm gonna continue to do what I need to do. And I'm gonna do it for my school community. Cause as I said, as a high school principal, I got 720 days. If I spend 719 of those days trying to keep other school leaders from taking what I'm doing or, 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 or uh, talking about what I'm doing. If I'm focused on that, I'm, I've only, I've missed all of the time that I got to spend mm -hmm. with my own kids. So mm -hmm. you could choose to, uh, to, to listen to the naysayers and the negativity, but man, look at how much time it actually takes you from, takes you away from doing the work uh, and really getting into it. So I think that's one of the, that's, that's a big one right there. I reflected on that yeah. the past couple of days a lot. That's a good one. That's a good one. Hey, tying into this idea of leadership, I want to touch on on two things. Mm -hmm. uh, one, uh, recognize or I, I noticed that your school was was recognized um, for the work in the um, creation and the promotion of the blended learning. Mm -hmm. um, talk to me about that just real quick. Nothing too in depth, but just yeah. I just noticed that it was highlighted. Yeah. Uh, so blended learning. Um was a modality of learning that really took off back in 2011, 2012. Mm -hmm. We started with like 30 teachers uh, and grew to over 70 teachers. We have 277 different classes and it's just a modality of learning for kids to have agency um, about time and place, right? We, from the pr premise of, I don't have to sit in front of a teacher for 47 minutes every single day um, to get the work done or, or, or what have you. Um, it allows our teachers some flexibility to work with kids as well. So we could talk about that's that's a whole nother whole nother thing. But yeah. was that a district? Was that a district initiative, or was that was that a school? Was that something it, your school took on? It was it was something that our school took on. Uh, our okay. uh, two superintendents ago, because um, my superintendent just um, uh, moved on to another district, but. Uh, he was the principal of the high school and then my AP, um, Shelly Kish, who is absolutely amazing and critical in, in thinking about how uh, to grow programming and so forth. Uh, but sh uh, they put together um, kind of a uh, building this, this, this blended learning uh, track. Um, and so I can't take any credit because it was in full blown existence when I got there. Uh, we okay. just started to really make some tweaks and some iterations because our student and uh, community is changing. Uh, especially when you talk mm -hmm. about chronic absenteeism and all of that stuff, people use blended sure. as an mm -hmm. excuse. So we're really uh, intentional about that. But um, um, when it comes to the leadership of it, man, we've had hundreds of schools that have reached out to us. Like, oh, we got to go. We got to come see it. We got to come do the. And I, I always tell people like, I want you to come see how we built it, but I want you to build it for your own. Um, it, sure. It's not going to look like what it does at Huntley High School. Uh, and you may not receive any national recognition by it right like yeah we got some but i felt like that when we receive some of that recognition it's a 
it's an opportunity for us to be able to tell our story, but also for us to tell people to, hey, here's how you do it. Take all of it. Take the pieces that you need. Build it for your school community and make it work uh, for you, because I think it has changed um, how we look at, at, at uh, the classroom environment. Um, I didn't take my first blended class until I was in my doctoral program. Right now, kids are taking it at the community college and as a freshman. Right. And if they get into Mm -hmm. if they get into life after high school um, and start doing a lot of blended stuff where they're left to their own time and own place to be able to get work done, I want them to have the skills to be successful in that. So um, it's 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 really paid off for the work that we've done uh, at Huntley. That's good. One last question. Oh, go ahead, Jason. I was just going to just ask, I saw something, uh, Kevin and I saw something about this and I was just like, I got to ask Marcus about mm-hmm. this, but you have it out there that your ultimate goal is to serve as a United States secretary of education. Yes. Now, now that is like, talk about leadership yeah. and talk about energy, talk about what you're doing. Tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit about that, man. So, uh, <laughs> funny story. Um, it was two weeks before graduation. It was April 20th of 2010. Um, the president of Bradley University called me that Saturday before and said, Marcus, like she had an unfortunate event. Her mom passed away and she had to travel back out to the, uh, the East coast. Arnie Duncan was coming to do an education symposium in Peoria at the civic center. Um, there were about 700 school leaders, superintendents, principals, charter network leaders, all of that that were there. I didn't have a job yet. And that was back when it was hard to get, when you go for a position, it's like mm-hmm. 50 people applying for that one mm-hmm. position. Yeah. Now it's like negative 50 that are applying. Anyway, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she called me on Saturday and it's like, Hey, um, secretary Duncan uh, is coming for this education symposium. I want you to, you know, introduce him, read his bio, introduce him. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like that's exciting. Um, and I knew Arnie Duncan growing up in the city of Chicago and some of the work that he's done in the city. Uh, president was like, Hey, reach out to my speechwriter, uh, Shelly Epstein. Uh, he's going to help you kind of get this going. I walk into Shelly's office. He said, Hey, you just need to find an opening. And I'm thinking like, I don't, I don't know. And you know, I'm some, I find myself to be funny sometimes, but this was a serious, <laughs> mo- this was a serious moment for me. So long story short, I get up on stage, I'm looking out in this exhibit hall full of people. It had to be, when you say 700, it looked like 7 million to me. It was just, it was a ton of people. (laughs) Um, And I stand up there, I had a a red folder and in that red folder had one resume. And I said, Secretary Duncan and all the distinguished people who are sitting up here on the stage, I said, please give me this time. And I said, I have one red folder. I got one resume in here and I graduate in two weeks and I don't have a job. And there's a room full of educators When I take my seat, I know y'all want to see Secretary Dunga, but I'm going to be standing over there. I just need to get this photo oh, to yes, one person. Awesome. I, it was it worked out for me, but I also looked over at Secretary Duncan. I said, um, I also want your job, by the way. And everybody <laughs> cracked up laughing because one of the biggest things, educational law, when I took it in my uh, uh, master's class, I take that class 10 times over. Um, educational policy. I I take those classes a million times over because that ultimately is at the root of why we get to do what we get to do. Um, When you hear all of the changes that happen in education, I'm like, man, there's so many people who are making changes for education that ain't never walked into school, led Mm -hmm. a school, sat in a school Mm -hmm. other than their own schooling Mm -hmm. opportunity. 
right? And yeah. and when our parents come in our buildings and they're like, oh, when I was in school, uh, when I was in school, we never did this. I was like, I get that, but you were in school like 15, 20 years ago. This is now, right? And so yeah. there's a lot yeah. of people who have their own thoughts about what education is and should be and how our school should function and what we should have the ability to do. Knowing how I, knowing where I am right now, I, I, I'm putting it out there right now in the ethos. If, if and when, no, we're gonna go when I make it to that seat, I will not lose the mind that I have had of the things that I've seen, and, and even just the five years that I have now when I make those decisions. Because at the end of the day, when I talk about it on my podcast, Unapologetic Leadership, I say we should never apologize for any decisions that we make if we make those decisions with kids at the center of our thinking. Absolutely. I love that. At the highest level, from the federal level all the way down to to being in the classroom, right? Like if we are making decisions for kids, we should never apologize if we know that it is going to be the best decision that we can make to move our kids forward, period. So, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. And That's when you good. are, when you are the secretary of education, just remember us. Okay. Remember the two principles. We'll check in. Hey, right come so, check y'all. But, y'all can play this podcast yeah, back. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, we will. <laughs> people always ask, oh, trust me. people always ask, they're like, so how do you get there? I was like, right now, that ain't even the focus. The focus right now is just continuing no. to do the work for kids yeah. and whatever door opens, whatever it leads to. I've sat in a room with Miguel Cardona, our current secretary of education. Mm-hmm. I've been in a room with him several times now. His, his uh, deputy secretary, Cindy Martin, uh, I've been in a room now several times uh, uh, with them. Um, and being you know a part of NASSP educational policy is and advocacy is so huge. We have got one plug. Every school leader out there, everybody in education, we have got to tell the story of what is happening in our schools and what is happening uh, uh, in our environments in which we educate kids. Because there are people who need that anecdotal uh, information to help make some great decisions for kids. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we've got two questions left here for you, Marcus. Um, And again, we so much appreciate your time. Um, One of the questions that we always ask our guests is, uh, when you think about people who've impacted your life could be role models, mentors. Okay. And then also what are some of your favorite leadership or health resources could be books, podcasts, people, but again, it's those people that have impacted you and and some other resources you'd share with listeners. Um, I would say the first person, uh, that has impacted me was, uh, my grandmother, uh, Phyllis Armour. Like I, we talked about it earlier. She taught for 40 years in Chicago public schools. As a special education teacher, she left a legacy on an entire community on the south side of Chicago. Uh, She was one of the main reasons that I uh, got an education and my mom, uh, who still is uh, uh, grinding it out uh, in the field of education. And she's well past the age of I wouldn't say well past. She might kill me for that one. Uh, She's definitely past. She's past the age of retirement. Right. Like the age of being eligible to retire. Let's put it like that. Uh, but my mom, she yeah. she's a mover and shaker, and so you can only imagine what our conversations are like when we talk on the phone. It's just it's education all the time. Uh, but my grandmother, she passed away April twenty uh, April twentieth of twenty twenty when I de- the the morning I defended my dissertation. She wanted to see me get oh, to that wow. point, um, mm. but I called her that night before, and I was like, "I'm done. I finished it. I defend tomorrow," and that was enough oh. for her. Uh, yeah. And she 
she go she's with me everywhere. I she I feel like I talk to her every mm-hmm. single day. Um and she really keeps me going. Um and I think I've come across so many, I, I don't even want to start name dropping because we'd be here for another eight hours um, trying to just talk about all of the people who have poured into me. Um, mm-hmm. And and those people who listen to this podcast uh, or that just hear their ears ringing, just know that on my heart, I'm, I'm so appreciative that I didn't get to this place by just being Marcus, right? I got to this place by so many people um, uh, laying a, a, a path for me to be able to follow, uh, and, and being so intentionally critical about my work. Um, I take a lot of constructive criticism because I want to get better. Um, I can choose to accept it or I can choose to ignore it. But I think the reason I got to where I am now is because I've been very accepting of, of that, of the positive and intentional criticism, uh, both good and bad. Um, because that, that is how we grow. And taking that to, I guess, mm-hmm. some of the educational resources, man, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't want to name drop podcasts because I'll leave some uh, some people out that I listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, uh, I don't just listen to education stuff. Um, and I think we all need to to hear that as well. Like in an interview, I always ask people like, hey, what's the, what's the last thing that you, uh, what's the last thing that you read? Um, or that you are reading now. And typically somebody throws out something educational. And I'm just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay, but is that really filling your bucket? <laughs> or are you just doing that because you in an interview, you know, you feel like that's what we need to hear. Um, the book that I'm uh, actually, I just bought uh, in the year uh, while I was in Texas. Um, it's called Disruptive Thinking by T.D. Jakes. Um, and mm-hmm. T.D. Jakes okay. is a... Uh, uh, is a pastor uh, of a church. I'm uh, very connected to, um, to to faith, and 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 I was born and raised in the church, man. And this this really is mm-hmm. uh, a strategy on how uh, to live, to lead, and to love. And that is the epitome of who I am: uh, is leading with love and living life to the absolute fullest. Uh, and so I'm actually mm-hmm. excited to to read this book. Um, and it has nothing to do with education, at least from what I think of. But as a leader, I have to be able to feel myself from what it means to be a leader, um, because you can be a leader in every field and every nook and cranny of the earth possible. Um, it's taking that context to the to the foundation of what it means to be a leader. If I change, if I could be something else different in the world, I still want to take that understanding of what it means to be a leader with me. Um, the last question I always ask people uh, in interviews is, who are you as a non-educator? If you had to take off your hat as an educator, who are you? Are you, for me, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I, uh, I'm an avid uh, listener to, to podcasts, I love to run Peloton, I've played piano since I was six, I've played trumpet, like, I love music. I love jazz. I love gospel. Like that—that's that, who I am. I love to just sit and be around good people and good company. And sometimes not doing something and just sitting and connecting with people is what I love to do. That's amazing for me to hear from other people because that is how I know that you're growing and that you're being able to take time to yourself and you're focusing on your mental health and you're doing what you need to do to be able to grow. Because we have to be the best versions of ourselves in front of our kids. Our babies need us, man, and 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 mm-hmm. they're going to be making decisions when we can't make decisions for ourselves. And I want to be able to look back and be like, man, I left a legacy for them to be able to grow off of, 
and be better and do better. And I want them to be the best versions of themselves when they make those decisions. So I got to lead by example. And I'm just one. I'm just one school leader. There are millions of school leaders. So we, we, uh, we've got a captive audience and we got to be willing to take that captive audience and give them a, give them that show that they need so that they know what is possible, um, that can propel them to be something great. Jason, is it just me or does every answer get better? (laughs) (laughs) He's just warming up, man. I'm just like, okay, he could have topped the last answer, but then he goes and does that. Should we, should we, should we play a little bit more Kendrick Lamar get fired up a little bit more now or what? Let's, let's let's wrap this up. Last question. Okay. Um, very, very simple, but, um, our, our listeners that, you know, they're going to be paying attention. They're going to be hearing this. If there's one piece of advice that you would give a listener who is looking to make a positive shift in their life for, for whatever reason, you can put it in any category you want. Just what is one tangible piece of advice that you could, you could tell a listener that they could start tomorrow. It doesn't necessarily have to be education related. Um, well, Kevin, I will tell you this. I don't want them to start tomorrow when we're not promised tomorrow. I want them to okay. start from the second that they hear this information. Uh, and, and the biggest piece of it is understanding your why and your purpose in life. Um, we are all placed on this earth for something. We all have a mission. We all have something that we need to do um, to make the world we live in better. We can choose to be to ourselves. We can choose to um, ignore all of the signs of what we should do and where we should be and the lives we should impact. Um, We can choose to throw it away. Because I always tell people, man, when you wake up in the morning, every morning you wake up, you get a chance and a choice. You get a chance to make an impact or change somebody's Mm -hmm. life. You get a choice to do that. You can choose to do that. You can choose to ignore it and go on and be self-fulfilling. You can go and choose to uh, throw it all away. Um, But at the end of the day, everybody we come in contact with, we have the ability to to make a positive impact on them. So find out what your purpose is. Uh, Find your why. Let that be your North Star. Continue to tap into it. Um, And if it changes a little bit, it's okay. Um, there's, that's all, that's all about how we grow. Um, when you find something that is a little bit better, take that little bit better or take that higher road. And, um, uh, and sometimes you got to throttle down and move as fast as you can because you're only there for a limited amount of time. Um, but don't always live life throttled down. Sometimes pull back, put on the brake, the emergency brake, sit on the side of the road and watch all the other cars pass because that gives you a little bit of time to be able to reflect on who you are, uh, reflect on if that's the right path and what you're going. Um, and if your North Star changes, accept it um, and go in a different direction because we only got one life and we got to live it to the fullest and live it to the best of our ability uh, and leave with no regrets. So. <laughs> and, and that starts now. Yeah, that, that starts, starts now. now. I love it. Hey, Marcus, uh, listen, I'm just going to go out there and say, man, you are, you are a beautiful human. Like, Thank like you. seriously, like, um, it warms my heart to know that there is, is a, is a school and in, in somewhere in this world and, and you have got the backs of these kids and you are out there taking care of them and, and, uh, creating positivity and, and, um, a safe space for these kids. This, this is what kids need. 
thank you. Um, this is what this is what this world needs, and and um, mm-hmm. you know, from a selfish standpoint, and you probably feel this way too as you go through and do these podcasts. I I just feel so blessed, and 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 the the rich conversations and the people that I'm connecting with, and the and the people that I'm meeting, and being inspired from and learning from. Man, it's priceless. It's priceless. It's, I mean, it's, it's it's unbelievable how how a connection can be felt through a remote video conference call, mm-hmm. right? But but you you are a, I can tell you are an amazing human, um, and I just cannot thank you enough for your time. Uh, I, Kevin and Jason, man, I I appreciate this time, man. Um, when I started my podcast back in during the pandemic, it was it was something that I just like I need it because I need to connect with people. I I'm a people person. Mm-hmm. And when I was stuck in my house, it was driving me crazy, man. But uh, I started the podcast and I said, even if I only have one listener, the connections when I hop off, when I hit that record button and we're done recording and I hit the end button and we're off the zone, I'm just I stand up and I'm like, yo. That was great, man. Like, it, and there's times that I don't even want to, yeah. I don't even want to get on the pie. I don't want to record nothing because I'm just not in a good place. But every time I get off, man, it's, it's, it like fires me up. It's, it's better than yeah. the walk up. <laughs> it's better yeah. than the walk up song, <laughs> right? Like it, um, and yeah. it also gives me the ability to think about and be self-reflective of myself, man. My mind has been racing since I've been on here with you guys. Um, and so I appreciate you all providing the platform for educators, um, uh, you know, this is two principals who are out there doing their job um, of, of sharing the, the work that happens, uh, of sharing the voices of educators across the world. Uh, and so I appreciate it. It takes time to do this. Um, it takes time to plan it. It takes time to hop on and get it all set up. And I, it is time well spent. So thank you, gentlemen, for uh, allowing me to be on the show. I so much appreciate, appreciate it. it. Hey. Together we're better. Hey, Marcus, we'll put this in the show notes too. But where can listeners connect with you if they wanna, if they wanna find you, send you a message, whatever? Where can they, or if they want you, if you, if they want you to come speak? Because I got to tell you, you, you got to hear this guy speak. Um, where can people find you, man? Oh man, the easiest place um, is drmarcusbeelan.com. Uh, I do have a website out there. Um, there's a tab on there that says Let's Connect. Um, and those actually go straight to my email um, and straight to my cell phone. Um, uh, if you don't hop on the website and just want to find me and follow the work on social media, uh, Twitter at Marcus J. Beelan, um, or on Instagram, Dr. Marcus Beelan, uh, those will lead you to threads. Those will lead you to Facebook. It'll lead you to all of that. I, I love connecting with, with people on social media. Um, but I also love connecting with people on the phone. So if you like, hey, it's too much for me to write in a message or an email, like just email and say, hey, I want to talk. Can we hop on a phone conversation or a Zoom or whatever? I'll give you my cell number. I will we'll set up a Zoom. We will do it. It's all about growing each other and whatever needs to happen needs to happen. So, Hey, trust me when he says that because I did reach out to you and you're like, hey, Jason, here's my cell number you know let, let's connect this way so when he does say that he he means that so i do appreciate Whoa. that hey marcus we'll put yeah. all that stuff in the yeah. show notes and marcus again grateful for your time i love what you're doing i feel your energy man what you're doing you're spreading some just good love out into the universe for others and we like you said we need to continually grow and build our community here to help people become better at what they're doing and i absolutely love 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 
what you're about, what you're doing. So thank you, thank, thank you, you, thank you. On behalf of the two principals, your time is amazing. And Kevin, with that. Man, let's make it a great week. Keep raising that frequency. <laughs> we are done. <laughs>